Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are now entering the world of musings of a geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. Hello, everybody. This is Mike on 40 Going On 14. I'm Patrick. <laughs> I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I've got mighty bold talk for a four-eyed fat man. <laughs> Ooh. You know, that was my father's favorite line in that whole, in the movie. Oh, it's the best, the best line from the movie, I think. Nobody yeah, we used, to use it all, we used to use it all the time whenever either one of us would talk any shit to the other one would. Mighty bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So uh, if, you, if you haven't picked up on that by now, we are doing the True Grit show tonight. We watched the original True Grit with uh, John Wayne that came out in 1969, and then we watched the remake that came out in 2010 yeah. with Jeff Indeed. Bridges playing the... Uh, Rooster Cogburn role. So, getting our Western on. This is actually the first Western show we've done. I know. I realize that. It's such a wide genre of media that uh, it's crazy that we haven't even touched on it in the last almost two years. Well, you know what the thing thing is? is There's not a lot. There's Westerns, but there's not a lot of Western remakes. We'll have to do the Django show at some point. Yeah, Django and then Uh, like... uh, 310 to Yuma. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's Okay, I take that back. There's at least three. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and that's the show. Good night, folks. So if you're out riding the planes, hunting down the men that killed your father, and you need something to listen to, you know what I you think? Can... Yeah, I think you should check out the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. It's, it's a pretty good transition. Yeah. Best we can do at this point. Uh, so yeah, Musings of Geek Network, where you can you can find us and other wonderful shows such as the Bearded Ones, Who the What Now, um, is three sixty five flicks, yeah, the Saturday morning block party podcast, uh, the Graphic Novice podcast, Comic Arguments, and Hard to Swallow. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, this time I just happened to have the tab open. So yeah, Pat, you're not allowed to giggle unless you start contributing. <laughs> that was me. No, I'm laughing as an outsider. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, well, if you're an outsider out <laughs> on the range, <laughs> wandering about, you In can also find tower. us on Saturday at uh, Geek Life Radio at noon. Or you can find our older shows at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Talk Shoe. 
And if you'd like to suggest better transitions from one section of the show to another, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Mike. Mike is apparently out of segue material. Yes. I need more, I need more segue. You could also tweet us at, on Twitter at 40go14. Find us on Facebook or send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Or if you're at Gen Con, you can tweet us in person. Why would you tweet hey, us in person? Hey, hey. Oh. What? Like if you're like standing in front of us, don't tweet us, just talk to us. We Soon don't bite much. If if we have t-shirts by then, whoever comes up to us first at Gen Con and starts tweeting at us literally, I will give you a free shirt. <laughs> I just gonna end up some crazy dude who doesn't even listen to the show because <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of weirdos at Gen Con. Like, that is it's just what I do. I live tweet while I'm talking to you. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. I'm sorry, sir. We don't have a shirt big enough for you. <laughs> I'm assuming this is going just to be a large tent because that's a safe assumption at Gen Con. Yeah. So we have a voicemail in uh, listener feedback news. We do. Yes, we do. Huh. And it is not from Charlie. What? Whoa. That, wait, wait. Is that like two weeks in a row? I uh, no, I think was was he on the show last week? Oh, yep. oh, he yes. was. Yes, yes, he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he might have been our only voicemail last week. Now I'm concerned. He may be dead. He's not oh. dead, and it's or not a killed. tumor. So from uh, all the way from the Bad Parenting Podcast. Hey guys, Justin from Portland here. Uh, listening to the Booze Show right now. And you guys were all talking about some of your first experiences of drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I do remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad had was in the military, so he threw some parties on the weekends, and there was always a lot of beer and alcohol around there. But my first experience of actually drinking it was in high school. We uh, we paid a homeless guy to go to the local Seven Eleven and get us a couple bottles of alcohol, and we told him that he could get, get himself a bottle or two, you know, whatever he could get with the money. Um, and, and that was our biggest mistake is we didn't put any stipulations as to exactly like what quality he should buy. We just said, buy whatever you can for this amount of money. And so of course he wanted to get a couple bottles for himself. So he bought the cheapest shit he could buy. So he came out with a couple cans of OE, um, <laughs> some Mad Dog 2020. Uh, I want to say there was like slip malt liquor in there and, and, and something else. And, um, he proceeded to take his, his portion and, and went off and got, I'm sure had a good, you know, good rest of his day. And then we had to, about 20 minutes for a lunch break left. So between three of us, we pounded the remaining couple of bottles and then attempted to go to drama class, just fucking blitzed out of our minds. So, um, yeah, I don't remember much about that particular day in drama. I'm, I guess we did a skit or something and it went over semi okay. Um, but if you actually asked me to remember what we did, I, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, that's that's my little you know first time adventure with the alcohol, and, and it's just kind of continued on from there. Anyways, I uh, love the show. Keep on doing what you do. Bye. We gotta hang out with this guy. Agreed. Yeah, there there is no kind of blitzed like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty blitzed. True story. <laughs> what about Cisco? Dong ta dong dong dong. Night Train. I say Night Train. I was guessing that that was the one he was missing, was Night Train. (laughs) I mean, you've got all the titans of the cheap booze industry there represented. Choo-choo, motherfucker, it's Night Train. (laughs) (laughs) 
Come riding on the night train. <laughs> you know what I think? Love that stuff. Why, why does your night train have, have Mr. No-No's on it? <laughs> no, it's supposed to be That's Axl Rose. Rose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was Which Axel Rose? Well, Axel Rose is actually he's <laughs> Axel No Nose is who that was. night. <laughs> I would so go see Axel No Nose. <laughs> he's almost there with all the surgery he's had. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I, I believe it's about that time. It's all you, man. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so this week we have chose 1969. <laughs> <laughs> that was 30 at the time. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, true, the year True Grit was released. The original, not the remake. So, music. The number one song is by The Fifth Dimension, and it's called Aquarius Let the Sunshine In. I, don't know I love song. this song. I love this song because of the 40-year-old virgin. Yes. <laughs> I love it because I love the musical hair. Or at least the soundtrack from it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. This is definitely one that if I'm uh, listening to like The Drive or some other oldie station or 70s classic rock station, uh, I'm definitely going to turn the volume up a little bit. It's well, a good as song. Soon as, as soon as I saw this, um, the entire time I was working on the This Weekend, I would just listen to the hair soundtrack. Okay. Nice. Long, beautiful, beautiful hair, hair. flaxen, <laughs> waxen, and a bunch of other accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close enough. Twisted, yeah, mangled, tangled, and spaghetti. Right, right. So, uh, also, uh, 1969, this time, Simon Garfunkel releases The Boxer on April 12th. Another great song. That might be my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. Ooh, yeah. You know, between this or the sound of silence. Yeah. I am a rock. That's mine. I am an island. I am a rock is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I like uh la la la. la, la Ooh, la, that is a good one. Shooting people randomly during the song. <laughs> <laughs> la, la, la. Also a good one. <laughs> I think what we're saying is Simon and Garfunkel has a very Nice catalog of music. Yes. I, I Especially the boxer. This was a good week in music. Yes. Yeah. Uh, April 20th, 1969, the LA Free Festival in Venice, California ends early following a riot. Was it free enough? It was, apparently wasn't free enough. 117 <laughs> people were arrested. Why did they, they riot? The alcohol wasn't free. That was... Oh. <laughs> so, but yes, that was the music portion of that section. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like I, I said, Mike needs help with his segues. I yes, a, yes. Hurry up with those emails. <laughs> so, movies. Goodbye, Columbus, which is Ally McGraw's film debut, is the number one movie, knocking off the likely superior Support Your Local Sheriff. That's a good movie. Which one? Support Your Local Sheriff. Right, and I'm saying it's got to be oh. better than good, Goodbye, Columbus, which I've never heard of. La la la. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make that video. That'd be fun. Uh, the 41st, 41st Annual Amer Academy Awards. Holy cow. That just blows my mind that even in 69, there were 41 of them already. <laughs> were held on April 14th and was the first time in 30 years that there was no host. What? Just no host. 
<laughs> all they had was presenters, I guess. People just walked up and took awards. <laughs> it was a free for all. <laughs> Despite the fact that it was the first worldwide broadcast. <laughs> Oliver was the first and only G-rated movie to win Best Picture, and Stanley Kubrick also won his only Oscar that night for 2001 for visual effects. He went up there with a big knife and dared anyone to try and take it from him. <laughs> May I have some more, please? And then ran down a really oh, long... stop me. I am unstoppable. It's Kubrick. Just let him. Well, he'll, he'll be good. He only wants one. <laughs> I just so. get one. All right. So, TV... The top shows are the acronym of the week, R and M L I. Yeah, that's uh, Ralphie and Mike Lickett. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that two show. best friends I, that, yeah, they just go around identifying things only by sense of taste. It's, it's, Ralphie, it's Ralphie from Happy Days. <laughs> Ralph Mouth. Mike Seaver from Growing Pain. <laughs> Going around licking things. <laughs> I would watch that show. Like, you are damn right you'd watch that show. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Put it as make that like a reality show now and be like, hey, oh my god, look, didn't you play Ralph Melfin and uh hype it? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Tastes like <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously Rowan and Martin's laughing. Oh yes. Those, oh, that obviously. show that show was awesome. Yes. You know you know what my favorite sketch out of that that whole uh season was? It was the uh dirty old man on the bench. Okay, was I? I can't be the only one of us that have watched this show. Crickets. I've, oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't think I ever have. Really? Yeah. When I can't that? say that I've religiously watched it, but I have definitely seen a couple episodes. Come on, Goldie Hawn and her seriously prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is somehow still going on. I don't. Huh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think is that uh, the one with Sakatumi? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, oh, I've seen a bunch the of judge. those. Here comes yeah. the okay. judge. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's the one with uh, the dude. I forget the guy's name, but it was like he, the old man dressed up with the mustache and the coat on the bench. And I think Ruth Buzzy was sitting next to him, and he kept with me like, "Hello, my little dear. How are you?" Like, really being creep. Okay. So anyway, Gomer Pyle. <laughs> I think you just listened to it Aqualung too many times. <laughs> hey there, Aqualung. Gomer Pyle, USMC, and Bonanza are the top shows of the Bonanza? time. Bonanza. 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 Sir, would you please turn on Bonanza? <laughs> It's a very proper show. <laughs> of course. They have a butler and shit. <laughs> I do Hold say on. the cows have escaped. <laughs> it, it's high noon. It's time for my monocle to go on. <laughs> so, uh, moving Just on. Hear about a cattle rustling, sir. <laughs> Someone get Big Horse. Oh, wait, wrong show. <laughs> wait, it is the right show. That's the right show. <laughs> But not. <laughs> I think we're just. Dis- I think we're discovering why we haven't done a Western show before right now. <laughs> so uh, either way, on April thirteenth, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore reunite for a special. Dick Van Dyke and the Other Woman on CBS. What? The last time we mentioned Dick Van Dyke on this weekend forever <laughs> ruined his image for me. <laughs> Shame on you, Mister Van Dyke. Who's the? I still don't buy that. By the way. <laughs> That was a voicemail. It was it was less of a, of a this weekend. Oh, that's no, sully the name of this weekend. I think it more sully the name of Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm more concerned about this weekend than I am. Dick Van I loved Dyke. when he did a turn on Bonanza. <laughs> he was fantastic. 
And then the mother's-in-law, what, ends its two-year politically correct humor-fueled run on April 13th. To be replaced by Ralph and Mike Lickett. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes like Angela Lansbury. Ew. Oh. It tastes like sardines and lynch. Angela Lansbury. (laughs) Somebody put on Gunsmoke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now, let's get on to the sport. On April 14th, the first Major League Baseball game ever is played outside the U.S. Wait, no, no, wait, no. Wait. <laughs> There's no comma there or any other punctuation. Uh, stop, rewind, reset. On April 14th, the first Major League Baseball game ever played outside the U.S. happens in Montreal, Canada, when the Expos make their home stadium debut. See how that changes? Yeah. <laughs> totally changes the meaning of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's First doing a punctuation. <laughs> so, Michael Jackson is born April 12th. Not that, MJ, the NFL wide receiver who played for the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens. Oh, you tricked us. I would, though, I would totally Same watch Michael. It wasn't my trick. I would so <laughs> watch Michael Jackson playing football. <laughs> He'd lose charge every single time he caught the ball. Just me the cry alone. What? What? (laughs) The Montreal Expos' Bill Stoneman no-hits the Philadelphia Phillies 7-0 on April 17th, only 10 days after the franchise's first game ever. First ever game. That is still, to this day, the record for the fastest no-hit in baseball. Uh, In terms of how deep you are into the season? Yeah, no, just in, in in terms of how deep you are the franchise. Into it existing? It only 10 days from their first game ever. Oh, oh I missed that. Well, <clears throat> it's the team's first ever game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's kind of humiliating. Like, this this is a ragtag assembled team of, like, draft picks and leftovers from other teams. And the first thing they do is get a no-hitter against you. And they're like, oh... <laughs> Aww. Basically, the real life bad news bears. Exactly, and they no hit the Phillies. It has to make the Phillies feel like losers. Like, oh. <laughs> all right. So now on to the main show. Absolutely. All right. Let's get our mm-hmm. grid on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Feels like I've got sandpaper. Anyway, um, John Wayne plays Rooster Cogburn in the 1969. Uh, uh, version of True Grit. Um, who else is in that? We also have Glenn Campbell. That Glenn Campbell as Labeef. Labeef? Yes, Labeef. Labeef. Kim Darby as Maddie Ross. Uh, Jeremy Slate as Emmett Quincy. Robert Duvall as Ned Pepper. And Dennis Hopper as Moon. And Wilford Brimley as guest star. Yeah, Wilford Brimley as not shown in this movie. Did any of us see him? He was very, very young, so it was hard to, like, really pick him out. Yeah, it was... was um, younger. Well, I'm... <laughs> you know, yeah, he was born 30, so... Yeah, I right. can't I can't really imagine Wilford... Well, this is Wilford Brimley's first movie, and he was just hidden in the background somewhere, apparently. He played a bush. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see that bush? It's eating a bowl of oatmeal. Um... <laughs> Doc, I think, I, I think I'm sick, Doc. I got the diabetes. <laughs> Who did I hit? Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't recognize Dennis Hopper when seeing this again. 
No, he was really young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so anyway, anyway, if you don't know what True Grit is about. You know which one he was now, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah. A, a drunken, hard-nosed U.S. Marshal and a Texas Ranger help a stubborn teenager track down her father's murderer in Indian Territory. Directed by Henry Hathaway, who has also done such uh, movies such as The Sons of Katie Elder and uh, How the West Was Won, Niagara, and other westerns. So, that's what it's about. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's a revenge story. Uh, do you want to do the trivia now? Yeah, we could do the trivia now and come back to, uh, like, going through the movie and what, how, how we felt about it. Yeah, okay, so uh, John Wayne had met singer Karen Carpenter on a college show that he had hosted prior to the shooting of this movie, and Wayne was so impressed that he wanted Karen Carpenter cast in the role as Maddie Ross. Uh, he was disappointed <laughs> by the casting of Kim Darby as Maddie Ross, and the two hardly spoke at all off camera. And he later said, Joel, you want to do your uh, John Wayne now? I, I, I'm just trying to imagine that it was hard to have Karen Carpenter because every time she turned left, she disappeared. Um, well, right. I was thinking they would have saved a whole lot of money on craft food services. That, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get she... enough. Just follow. <laughs> Christ, talk about having no chemistry with your leading lady. She was the goddamn lousiest actress I ever worked with, Pilgrim. That was really good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was better than your Sammy Davis Jr. That was my <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I think we watched different movies, Joel. <laughs> so uh, Henry Hathaway later said that he hated Glenn Campbell's performance, which yeah. he described as wooden and claimed the singer was only cast so he can have a hit with a theme song, which would then help promote the film. Well, we saw how that worked out. It's a yeah. win-win. It seems to me that everybody hated everybody else on this movie. <laughs> uh, John Wayne actively campaigned for the role of Rooster Cogburn after reading the novel. This was the only film from which John Wayne ever won an Oscar. Really? Uh, yeah. When accepting <laughs> his Academy Award for his performance, he said, Joel? Wow. If I'd have known that I'd have put that patch on 35 years earlier... Did you have a stroke Pilgrim. there halfway through? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it's, I, if I'd have known that, I he went suddenly, to the school of he went to the school of Mike reading. <laughs> I suddenly turned into <laughs> I can't even say it, Prickle from Gumby. <laughs> oh my God, Prickle is John Wayne. It makes so <laughs> much sense now. Hey guys, the whole universe just opened up I'm in front of Mike's around. eyes. <laughs> Stop. Um, I, I just have to say that I, this must have been the year that they didn't have a host and everybody just ran up and grabbed an award because I, <laughs> I did not see acting. Well, they said that John Wayne got this one pretty much out of sentimental reasons. Like yeah. they, That they're like, he's 72 years old. We better give him one now because he may not be around next year. Well, And there's a little bit of extra trivia that wasn't uh, on wherever you dug this up, Mike, uh, based on this particular Academy Award. Uh, when he got it presented, uh, Barbara Streisand handed him the award, and he whispered in her ear, beginner's luck. Later, he spent the night drinking with Richard Burton, who was someone else who had been nominated for having played King Re the, Henry VIII in <laughs> Anne of the King Thousand. King King the oh, Anne. my God, it's kitchen. <laughs> King, King Henry VIII. <laughs> In Anne of the Thousand Days, and drunk, John Wayne knocked on the Welshman's door, handed Richard Burton the Academy Award, and shouted, you should have won this, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't really care for the, what, what was seen as a sympathy Oscar. He, you know, he was a very prideful guy. Oh, you think? 
So, but yeah, so uh, more trivia. Cogburn's eye patch is worn over his left eye. The same eye over which John Wayne's longtime director and great friend, who we referred to publicly as Admiral John Ford, wore his. The legendary John Ford. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character of Maddie was supposed to be 14. Like Kim, in the remake? Yep. Kim Darby was 21. And yep. she already had given birth to her first child. Wow. She didn't look it. No, no she looked closer to 14. Yeah, I had to look it up because I was like, when when the beef started hitting on her, I was like, how old is she in this? And I looked her up and I saw her real age. I'm like, they must have made her older. It was very disappointing when I looked that up. Yeah, I was all excited about that little spanking scene until I thought she was 21. I was like, oh. What? (laughs) I took off my pants for nothing. (laughs) Hello, Patrick. Have we met? We should go hang out sometime at the playground. Oh, so the scene near the end where Rooster Rooster Cogburn and Ned Pepper's gang meet in a field and Pepper's shot is filmed in a clearing near the top of Owl Creek Pass outside of Ridgeway, Colorado. The field is off the road to the left and is really easy to find. It was beautiful scenery. That's one thing I do have to say about it. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it's really good cinematography, actually. I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful movie. Yeah. Very, very, very pretty. The whole thing. So... But yeah, so what do you guys think? I mean, well, let me just start off by saying I'm not uh, westerns are like the last on my list of things to watch. I I don't actively seek them out. I don't get excited generally speaking when they're released. It's just not my thing, but every time I watch a western, it doesn't matter what it is. I've not seen one yet where I didn't end up at the end of it going, "Wow, that was really good." And Despite John Wayne's acting and his leaning really far to the right occasionally for no reason. <laughs> like Is John was, waning it up, you mean? Yeah. So being I mean, John Wayne. I thought his batteries were low or something. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's just like really off to the side. You haven't really watched a whole lot of John Wayne movies, obviously. <laughs> I've seen The Quiet Man, which I love. but Oh, that is a great movie. Yeah, yeah I, I, That's it. That's, uh, that's all I know him for. And I watched that for Kathleen O'Hara. But... Um, I, Stage I really that. liked Ooh. it despite never being like, yeah, I want to see true grit. You know, I was impressed. Yeah. If you want to see some good, I mean, honestly, I think I like Rio Bravo. If we're going yeah. by John that Wayne, was, that Dean was my, Martin. Well, okay. Let me just say that as far as, um, my, my father was a huge Western fan. So I grew up watching a lot of Westerns and I know a lot of Western stuff because of that. And, and his favorite movie was Rio Bravo. I mean, his favorite Western movie was real Bravo. And, but I saw this movie when I was a kid and I haven't seen it since then. And there was a lot of stuff in this movie I didn't catch as a kid. And I actually enjoyed it a lot more watching it as an adult. Did it take you back? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I remember watching, you know, watching it with my dad. We were sitting on the couch watching it when I was like 12 years old or something. This is the first time I've seen this. I've never seen, actually, in either of them, I've never seen uh, the remake or this. This is the first time I've watched them. I watched one one night, one the next. And you know what? I, John Wayne's Rooster Cogburn was ham-fisted, um, uh, just this cartoon-ish of a, ma- of a character, but I loved it to death. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody was a caricature of something in this movie, and it was so great. I mean, just John, because you could tell that John Wayne was reached a point in his age. First off, he's seventy-one or seventy-two years old in the uh, in real life, 
And no, 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 he was 61 when they filmed this. Oh, 61? Okay. He and died ten, <laughs> exactly 10 years later uh, when he was 71. Okay. So John Wayne is 60. The character he's playing is 40. And he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he's just like, I'm John Wayne. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's like he's... And, and it's, it's like, you know, everything was kind of over the top in this movie as far as, like, I mean, because they took a, a an actual kind of serious book and kind of, you know, I don't know, almost batman it up. They just kind of made it a little bit more comical than it was. And so everybody was over-the-top acting because they didn't really know how to act. And then you got John Wayne, who was like, fuck it, I'm just really going to get into this character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the other the other two, you could you could watch them and just see them trying to act, and it wasn't really working. Like that, that scene between Kim Darby and Glenn Campbell when they were sitting at the table yeah. was just painful to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Kim, <laughs> and honestly, Kim Darby is painful to watch. Yeah, she's... Know. Well, I don't know. Her voice does that tremolo thing that's so... I mean, honestly, I it well, I, I texted you guys when I was watching because I did not know that Kim Darby, oh, I well, this that she was in this and was actually the mom from Better Off Dead, and her which, voice. Which, which she keeps talking about the corn fritter things. I keep waiting wait, for to say it's got raisins in it. You, <laughs> you like raisins? <laughs> my uh, corn my fritter his... just sort of crawls off. <laughs> My history when it comes to westerns, as a kid, I didn't watch them very much, and I, I didn't like them. I didn't have any use for them, but uh, the film that changed my mind mm. was in the 90s, Unforgiven, uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, so and good. after seeing Unforgiven, I just went on a tear and just saw all of the Clint Eastwood and John Wayne movies I could get my hands on. And this was in the middle of that pack of those like two or three years there where I was just watching Westerns all the time. That movie Unforgiven had one of the best lines in any Western ever. It's like, well, he should have armed himself if he was going to decorate his saloon with my friend. Ooh, nice. No one can eat 50 eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something something funny about uh, Unforgiven is that I mean, at least with me, we we had like movie night when I was in youth group back in the, when this was out. And I was like, all right, okay, we're going to go have a movie night. We're going to all gonna, everybody bring 10 bucks, go to the movies back when you could go to the movies for 10 bucks. And the woman who was in charge of the youth group decided that we were going to go see Unforgiven. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah. So we get into the theater and I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, this looks totally my type of movie. Um, I'm sitting down, and that first scene, the first opening rape scene, <laughs> kicks on, and me and my friend Brian are sitting there, we're like, hello! <laughs> and then, like, uh, outside the theater, she literally, they began the speech, I want to say, I'm extremely sorry, I did not realize that this, sh-. I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're looking at it like, did you not read any of the newspaper <laughs> like, that this this movie may not be the best to bring you know, a bunch of. This is the most realistic Western movie made ever. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I throw one in just to match that? Um, my cousin John, he uh, he picked the movie for a youth group night. Yeah, Naked Gun, nice. and <laughs> the pastor walks in right as the uh, statue scene is happening. Yes, <laughs> nice assault and with a like, concrete dildo. I don't think this is appropriate. <laughs> Turns it off, and that was the end. Oh, See, boo. She, the thing is, though, she had a she had a ongoing trend of just choosing the wrong friggin' movies. We had a lock in. Okay, okay, we're gonna Clock get movie. No, uh, uh, misery. 
Yikes. I'm like, why the? I'm like, it's one of those where she goes, "Oh, we got a movie, put it on Misery." I'm like, now at this point, I had already read Misery, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go off the limb saying, "You're not really good at choosing movies." Because <laughs> Matthew's lock in was Predator. Yeah. <laughs> no, right, that so was back to this yes, movie. Okay, yes, so anyway, sorry. Yes. Josh watching Western. Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting about this one, comparing them to other westerns, is with the exception of the good, the bad, and the ugly, this has got a pretty complex plot, more so than a lot of the other ones. There's a lot of different characters, uh, a lot of different interactions between the characters, several major villains, uh, that one of which isn't even really introduced until the end. Yeah. There's just a lot going on in this and film. It, it was very uncommon at that time to have a, a strong female lead like this character. And after that, they were still waiting for a strong female lead. <laughs> I just oh, thought she was fine. The thing is, the character... The, the character of Maddie Ross is actually a really good character. And yeah. I, I don't mean to just keep piling on Kim Darby, but I mean, she's <laughs> an awful actress. But I mean, the, the concept of this, you know, this smarter than she needs to be frontier girl who just happens to live on a farm with her, you know, and runs her father's farm for her and is going for him and is going for her revenge against the guy that killed him. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, that's a good character. Yeah. yeah, and I, I kind of liked some of the delivery where she was way more proper than you would think that anyone in the Old West would be, and that kind of set her apart from everyone around. They don't quite know what to react to her because nobody talks like that. Yeah, she was extremely by the book. I mean, she was like a, she was like an Old West, uh, what's his name, from uh, Dragnet. <laughs> you know? She, she's Joe a lawful, lawful good character. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole bartering scene where, where she's... She gets the guy to sell the ponies back to her and then turns around and buys the pony back from her for 10 bucks that he was going to sell yeah. to the glue factory. And he's like, wait, what? Uh, well, shit. You know, it's like- <laughs> I don't know what all the hates about. I mean, I didn't I didn't think she was phenomenal, but I didn't think she was that terrible. I mean, yeah. she had really, really wooden delivery. Yeah. Like John Wayne and Glenn Campbell. Glenn See, Campbell thought- at least kind of in some of his scenes loosened up a little bit. But yeah, and just, I, I thought all the performances were fine, and I actually would have called Glenn Campbell's good, especially for having uh, very limited acting experience. He played the charisma at the beginning of when you first meet LaBeef, realistically and with some genuine warmth. And then when he starts to turn on uh, everybody and show himself to be a little bit of a heel and be kind of incompetent and more of a blowhard... Uh, to his eventual redemption, I, I I thought he was fine. He was no grandma. <laughs> God. And I like yeah, I mean, how the... fucked up is that? It's like, oh, you're going to be sleeping with grandma here. What? <laughs> I like the gun in the earlier one better, by the way. Um, well, you cool. know what? My one of my favorite lines in this whole movie happens early on when uh, when they're they're leaving and Maddie is bitching to her mom about um, Tom. And and she's like, you know, we gave him a roof, and and she's the, the line that the mother says, "You could still throw a cat through the south wall," <laughs> <laughs> and and like there was just such glee and experience in her eyes when she said that. <laughs> That's how she tests all the walls. She throws cats, and if they go <laughs> through, <laughs> this cat, this wall has a three cat rating. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were doing in Holy Grail then. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a weird line. Oh, so, but yeah, th- I mean, there was a lot of weird. I mean, the cigarette thing when she yeah. when she rolls his cigarette for him. 
Yeah. I she's thought, rolling for her dad, I think, probably. When I know, but that was still kind of weird. To just it grab was, a stranger's yeah. gear and start rolling his, cigar, his, his cigarette for him. Uh, and that she was, acted like there was nothing out of the ordinary about that at all, which I thought kind of added to the scene. Right. And, and you know, like, that's what you were saying earlier. It's like you know, a lot of people just didn't understand or know how to deal with her because she was just so proper and also so improper at the same time. She was headstrong and and was very, I mean, she had no fear. Right. right. She behaved more like an adult than virtually any other adult in the Old West, and that threw everybody off. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she even behaved the way she imagined adults should act. And also the fact that you know she, was just too, she was too smart to be swindled by anybody. Right. Yeah, I think that's that what you just said, Josh, is it is that she was acting like she expected adults to act. And I think it was and, that and how she expected them to treat her. The yeah. Same point. Yeah. Don't make me get lawyer Jim Daggett for you. Because her, you know, her philosophy was if I'm treating you with respect, why are you not treating me with respect? Yeah. Because you're a woman, a young woman in the old West. I'm going right. to get my lawyer Jim Daggett on you. And what's yeah, what's and that coming? He she wields him like a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and the the one thing that that made me kind of dislike her a little bit, and I thought they could have left out there, is when she's at the table at the boarding house and they're eating dinner, and she's like, oh, "Would she you like some more dumplings?" And she's like, "Sure." She's like, "I don't think it's twenty five cents worth a bunch of flour and grease." It's like, just eat. She's yeah. kind of a well, bitch. Not sometimes. to mention that there was more to that meal than just you know just the dumplings. Right. Like there were side dishes and drinks and everything, you know. It's like, so shut up. Well, yeah. I think her point was that she thought she was being overcharged for the meal and she refused to be taken advantage of in any small, slight way without comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see she, that. She had to make sure you knew that she she was getting <clears throat> swindled. Mm-hmm. Right. And she, they had established her as a bookkeeper, and this is kind of her transition where the, the, she's itemizing every single thing she sees and she's making sure that all of the adults know that she's keeping track of it. And it was kind of funny. Well, funny slash sad. That was, you know, when, when she's handing $150 to her dad, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of, kind of sad that $150 is still kind of a lot of money today. Like if somebody gave you $150, you'd be like, woo. <laughs> yeah. Right. I would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be like this, you know, Oh, look, it's only $150. Look, how, you know, this is a lot of money back then. Shit, it's a lot of money now. Right. Mm-hmm. That's sad. <laughs> uh, what? I, did any else of you hear the I'm scared of the booger man? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of weird comments. I mean, and. That's and, a bully of a shot. <laughs> yeah. And, and then a the lot of comments being made about being from Texas. Oh, like yeah. yes, a lot. Yeah, you're you're a Texas brush popper. So tell me, Pat, what is a Texas brush popper? <laughs> it's just a random term for a cowboy. Okay, what about a uh, Texas waddy? <laughs> Same thing. Waddy and brush popper—they're both just like like generic slang terms for a cowboy. Well, and keep in mind that at the time, the Texas Rangers were notorious blowhards. Oh, and with good reason. I mean, the from the foundation of the Texas Rangers, when they talk about, like, the Sharps Big 50 being assigned to them, it's a one-shot rifle. 
And uh, they said, well, what if uh, what if a Texas Ranger misses? It's like, well, <laughs> if he, I don't hire men who miss. Yeah. I mean, that's- yeah, they were they were legendary back then. And, and a lot of that legend came from their own ranks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or the the whole comment of I've drunk water out of a uh, shoe a shoe footprint or a whatever comment that he made where he's drinking <laughs> dirty water out of a hoof print, yeah. and he's like, yeah, if I had a dollar for every one of you that have told me that you've drunk, you know, it's like every you know, and they there's so many comments about Texas being these Texas boys being such blowhards and arrogant, and in general, I mean, this movie just had a lot of funny lines. I didn't remember this movie being as funny as it was. Like the whole thing about you know you're quite the horse shooter, <laughs> and when he's tell- when he's talking to the guy at the store, when he's like he believes in putting everybody a foot, says there'll be less mischief that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, and That'd what be- I found was interesting is you do have the two men sort of competing to make themselves look better in the girl's eyes, and there's nothing romantic about it whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which one of my favorite uh, scene, scenes in the movie, which kind of turned me to uh, turn. I didn't I already kind of liked it, but I is when I was like, OK, I really like this is when she's going across the river with on the back of the horse. And John Wayne's like he says, uh, what is it? it? Reminds me of me. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just at that moment, I was like, oh, right. And, yeah, it, and, and go ahead. I was going to say, did Glenn Campbell's line? He's like. Well, then I'm, I don't think I'm going to like you much or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a great, like, very simple scene, but it, it worked so well. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this, by the way, but um, if you ride a – have any of you guys ever ridden a horse? Yeah. Yeah, yes. a little bit. Well, if you ride a horse while wearing wet clothes, that is just a recipe for chafing. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know how she just, you know, continued on. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hop off on this. I'm like, you know, that's what they skipped over a whole like week worth of first healing up after ow, that. Yeah, ow, and the ow, poor ow. horse had to be tired after swimming across the river, and oh, she's like, "Let's go, Blackie." Um, I'm and- gonna call him Lil Blackie. That name <laughs> just came to my mind for no reason. <laughs> that's a good name, ma'am. Um, how that was? A, that I swear I'm not <laughs> racist. <laughs> how? Why would the boy be racist? No, she. <laughs> Oh, naming him little blackie. <laughs> Look at she looks at the little black kid and winks. Huh? What uh-huh. do you think? Uh-huh. Kim Darby. Um, how how about just the brilliant thing that he lives in the back of a Chinese grocer's with a cat? <laughs> <laughs> the general. That, yeah, that that to me was just a nice little added touch that I'm I'm guessing came from the book, but. Well, the original uh, departed from the book a heck of a lot. Now, I'll revisit this uh, when we talk about the remake. But there was a lot of stuff in the book that didn't make it to the 1969 movie. Right. Another one of the reasons why John Wayne really wasn't happy with it, because that's one of the reasons he pursued the character of Rooster Cogburn was because (laughs) of the book. Have any of us read the book? I have not. I have not read the book, but uh, like I said, I, I'm going to revisit the topic of the book on, in the second half of the show. Cool. Another scene that really made me laugh it, so much that I actually notated it is um, the ranger, Labeef, is worried about, you know, the, at the first time they, they make camp, he's worried about the fire giving him away and everything. Right. And the, he's like, don't want to give away our position. And then, the, and then he promptly goes off and fires a rifle at a turkey. Right. <laughs> Like you, you're worried about the fire, but not, not, not this giant booming explosion of a gun. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. 
Well, was he wanted to present himself as a badass. But- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.